The servant is a student and a teacher, a trainee and a trainer. They are called to grow daily and produce fruit in their own lives as well as in the life of their fellow men and spiritual children. Upper Room Media presents this servant development talk praying that it will aid you in your life of service. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I am very humbled to speak in the presence of all my fathers here, but uh, through their prayers and through your prayers, I ask the Lord to give me grace to speak a spiritual message to myself first and to all of us. Let me read some verses from Ephesians chapter 4, starting from verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. Grace of God the Father be all of us. St. Paul in this part, he's saying God gave different gifts. He gave some people to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, some to be evangelists. The gifts are equipment. That's why he said, for the equipping of the saints. The saints are the clergy and the servants. So he gave us these gifts, which are the equipment, in order to equip us for what? For the work of ministry. And what is the goal of the ministry? For the edifying of the body of Christ, to build the church of God. When actually you have a contractor to build a church for you or any building, there are some specifications. And at the end, you try to see whether this building that he built meets the specifications or not. So St. Paul actually, starting from verse 13, he mentioned six specifications to make us sure that what we are building is the body of Christ, is the church of God. That's why every now and then we need to stop and to review these six specifications. Are we meeting them in our ministry or not? Because if we are not meeting them in our ministry, then maybe are we building a school instead of church, hospital instead of church? But to be sure that we are building the church of God, we need to examine these six specifications. What are these six specifications? 
Number one, till we all come to the unity of faith. So number one, in the true church of God, there has to be unity of faith. We cannot have different belief systems. We cannot have different understanding of the economy of salvation. And we say about ourselves, we are the church of God. We are something different. But we must have one faith. That is the first and most important specification, the unity of faith. Nowadays, many people speak, it's not necessary to be united in faith. It's enough to be united in love. But there is no contradiction between this and that. Because the true love should lead to the true faith. If I love somebody and I care about his salvation, then I, I, I have to make sure that he is following the right faith. So, as clergy, we need to see our dioceses or our churches, whether all of them have the unity of faith or not. That's number one. Number two, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And here, St. Paul is not speaking about intellectual knowledge. There's a big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Here, he used knowledge of the Son of God. The experiential knowledge. And the experiential knowledge of the Son of God through our unity with him. And in the sacraments of the church, we are united. In baptism, you put on Christ. In chrismation, our members will become the members of Christ. In communion, we abide in Christ and Christ abides in us. So the second specification that the people actually are united with the bridegroom, truly united with Christ, not only knowing him, but they know him. As Sayyidina in the morning spoke about, we have the mind of Christ. Our members are the members of Christ. We put on Christ. People see Christ in us. The righteousness of Christ is my righteousness. I'm not seeking my own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. That's the second specification. Third one, to a perfect man. To a perfect man. What is the definition of perfection here? The definition is spiritual maturity. Perfection doesn't mean sinlessness, because all of us are sinful. But it means to be spiritually mature. As St. Paul explained in Hebrews chapter 5, when he said to the people, until now and I feed you with milk and not with solid food, because the solid food are those who are mature. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those by reason of use have their senses exercised in discerning both good and evil. A little child cannot discern between what's right and what's wrong. But a mature person should discern between what's right and what's wrong. If until now we see our youth, for example, they, their discernment on what's right, what's wrong, what's righteous and what's not righteous, they are confused, then we are raising children, babes in Christ, as St. Paul spoke in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, carnal, babes in Christ. But are we raising spiritually mature people or not? The fourth specification, 
He said, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is the definition of perfect man. بالعربي أحيانا بنقولها غلط أحيانا بنقولها إلى قياس ملء إقامة المسيح مفيش حد هيوصل لملء إقامة المسيح هي إلى قياس قامة ملء المسيح إن المسيح يملاني لكن أنا مش هوصل لملء المسيح فخلي بالكم لأن في العربي أحيانا أغلبنا بيقولها ملء إقامة المسيح هي التعبير السليم قامت القامة اللي أنا هوصل لها ملء المسيح المسيح يملاني ده معنى البيرفكت مان ذا فورس سبيسيفيكيشن ستابيليتي ذات وي شود نو لونجر بي تشيلدرن توست تو اند فرو اند كاريد اباوت ويز افري ويند اوف دوكترين باي ذا تريكري اوف مين ان ذا كانينج كرافتنس اوف ديسيتفول بلوتنج ناو ديز اني بادي ريدز اني بوك اند هي لايكس ا نيو ايديا ان ات خلاص he follows this new idea and becomes you know believer and follower of this new philosophy or new idea but this is not a sign a specification for the church of god we need to be strong steadfast stable not carried away like a children children they can be deceived easily but spiritually mature people they are stable not carried away by every wind of doctrine. And now there are so many winds of doctrine around us. Many. From every direction. When we raise stable and strong children of God, they will be mature and stable. Even if people try to deceive them in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So that's another justification we should look for. Number five, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Sometimes we are too politically correct with each other. We don't say the truth. So we become hypocrites. And sometimes we say the truth but without love. And we become cruel. The balance is how to be able to say the truth in a loving way. Like the Lord Jesus Christ confronted the Samaritan woman. He said the truth to her, but he said it in a loving way. He did not try to be politically correct with her or try to give words that cannot be uh, or can be understood with so many different meanings. He was clear, direct, but he mentioned this in a loving way. And we as clergy, we should be able to speak truth and love, and also our congregations should be able to speak truth and love. Think about family problems. See how couples discuss things with each other. Usually they discuss it in cruelty, not speaking truth and love. Parents and children, do they speak with each other truth and love? Sometimes board members, deacons with each other, servants with each other. So if I see my congregation not speaking truth and love, that's alarm. I'm not building the church of God because this is one of the specifications of the church of God. And the last point in the sixth specification, that the cooperation, the fellowship, working together, 
The description here is so beautiful. Grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. From whom? The whole body, look at your body. All the whole body joined and knit together. So there are joints here to connect and to unite all the members of our body together. By what every joint supplies. So this joint, the wrist, has function. The elbow has function. The shoulder has function. And with all these functions, you know, I can move my arm and in, in, in the right way. So in the same way, some people in the church like joints. Some people in the church like organs. So when each one cooperate and we have fellowship and everybody does its portion correctly and rightly, then the whole body of Christ will be working perfectly. So the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working. If my wrist is not working right, then it's not effective. Again, every single member in the church should be working effectively, by which every part does its share. What this will make causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. Sometimes board members fight with each other. Sometimes servants fight with each other. Then they are not cooperating. If I only work by myself, I cannot work with others. This is not the church of God. So what I'm trying to say is, let's stop and examine what we are building. We are builders with Christ. What are we building? Are we building the church of God? These are the six specifications. Unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, spiritual maturity, stability, speaking truth and love, and finally, cooperation and fellowship. Every member should be working with other members in the spirit of love. This, at the end, actually will edify the body of Christ. And what we will have at the end is the church of God, the body of Christ. May the Lord help all of us to work effectively, wisely, and faithfully for the building of the church of God, for the glory of his holy name. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.